So in the last episode, we talked about how important it is to get started early when it comes to building relationships with your kids, cherishing them, and setting up the pathways that the rest of their life is going to 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 grow on. In this episode, we want to talk about the other side of that. What if, you know, what if you feel like you you missed your opportunity to build those relationships when when they were young? How do you how do you salvage a uh, a relationship that that was kind of started out on on a rocky footing? And that's something that you've uh, that you you've had to deal with. Yes, I have, and it's quite painful. Uh, it's painful to see more clearly now and look back at the deficits um, in my own parenting, ways in which I didn't love and pay attention to um, to you, to to your older siblings, in the way that I now know I needed to. Um, so, and I, I so I would first of all address it from the standpoint of um, what that is in, internally, because I've struggled with that, and I've um, I talked to a counselor and said. What do I do with this? Like I've really, I've done this damage and, and I can't fix it. And the first thing that he said that I was so appreciative, and this is a, he's a Catholic, and he said, the first thing you need to understand, Michael, is that God can make good out of everything that that happened. There will be ways in which the damage that you have done, the scars that you have caused, uh, will. God will use those. God writes straight with crooked lines. So he will use those crooked lines, those creases that you put into their, their personalities, those, uh, those difficulties that you caused to help them uh, grow towards him, to help them in their salvation, and to help them help other people. And so there's that whole, um, people have heard it before, is like make a, make a message out of your mess. And so this mess that I've created for, uh, for the older ones of you, um, there is an opportunity there for you to take that and to say, okay, what can I learn from that? Where can I go with it? So that was, that's the first thing is that like, I've, I've had to just turn that over to God and say, you know, like, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want to be a wounder and I've wounded my older kids. Like, that's not what I signed up for, uh, in parenting. Um, and then, so first of all, it's like, like, Lord, and I hand it to you. Um, there's part of me that's uh, a little feisty where I'm like, Lord, this is your fault. <laughs> like you, you could have helped me to see better earlier and you didn't. Um, so like, I have to trust you even in the midst of that to say like, okay, like you even had a plan for me with this. And I, you know, had a dramatic experience where I was, uh, I was just feeling the weight of the wounding I had done for my older daughter. And and I felt as if our Lord was saying to me, like, you know, Michael, are you are you willing to, uh, you know, to face up to this? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm willing to face up to this, Lord. Um, but then, like, are you willing to be broken? And I was like, ooh, you know, like, I don't like to be broken. <laughs> I don't want to be broken. Um, but like, yeah, I will accept my brokenness. And it's like, okay, now will you share that with others? I was like, Oh, okay. That can bring some meaning to this difficulty. Is it like I can share with others um, the ways in which like I'm broken because I wounded my children. So I would say on the first level, the, the first thing needs to happen is, is a come to Jesus moment to turn that over to God and just, and to apologize for the things that I could have done better um, to, for the things that I, I just didn't know better to turn that over and say, that's yours. I, I don't, you know, take care of it. I don't know what to do with it. Um, but then the flip side is like, okay, now what do I do now with those kids? Um, so I would say one of the first things that, that, uh, was really fruitful for us is that, you know, I, like I went to counseling. Um, I, you like, you look at an excellent quarterback and an excellent quarterback has 
a good quarterback coach, <laughs> somebody who's on the outside, who can see the, your actions and talk about what, what you're doing. And so um, counseling was really helpful for me to be able to see how I was acting and, uh, and when I was in tune with people and when I was just in my own head, which I was in my own head a lot, way too much. So uh, getting out of my head now. So like, what do I do with my older kids is like, um, I have to turn like, this is great. Like you think of, um, the, uh, like the mines of Moria and what's the name of that story? It's the, the return of the King, Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings. And you, and you see there's the eye and the eye is, is, is always, is, is looking around. And so what they wanted to do is distract the eye in order to, uh, in order to let Frodo, you know, make it in and, and, discharge the ring. Um, well, there's something about that that we all have our internal eye. And a lot of times it's turned in like mine was, and I was looking at myself. And when I'm looking at myself, I'm distracted. Like I can't see the people around me. So I would say very simply that I needed to turn and look out to, to, to notice them, to be present to them. And that happened really practically over the weekend. Uh, I I had an opportunity where my, because of COVID, my oldest or my second oldest daughter had graduated from Ave Maria University back in May, but there was no graduation ceremony. There was something that they had done online where they said people's names, but it, it wasn't an actual tangible ceremony. And so that was rescheduled for uh, the weekend. And uh, when that came up, I'd heard about it earlier on, but then uh, I hadn't, whatever, I didn't receive the emails. And so like, I kind of missed it. It was coming and then found out like, Hey, this is going to be this weekend. And so what I ended up doing and talking with my wife and a friend of my daughter's is I thought, you know, this would be a great opportunity to surprise Madeline uh, and, and to go down there for her graduation, uh, for her graduation ceremony. And they weren't going to have his number, the same number of kids you know, go all the way back down to Florida uh, out of a class of two to 200, 250. They're probably about 80. But what it meant for us in our relationship, uh, it was it ended up being really an awesome opportunity because now first thing I did is I thought, you know what, I better call her because sometimes surprises really stink when you have other plans in mind and somebody uh, is incompetently loving you. <laughs> They're like coming with the gift that they want to give. And you're just like, OK, you know, you want to hand me uh, licorice cake and I hate licorice and I'm glad that you love me. But like I can't enjoy your gift because I don't like licorice. So and it, so I thought, you know, I don't want to go down there with licorice cake. Uh, so I called and said, like, I really wanted to surprise you, but I didn't want the surprise to be a flop and be, you know, a problem. So uh, I wanted to come Especially down. Especially because she's now down in, in Florida working mm -hmm. as a teacher. That's she's right. got a full-time job. So it's not like she's just, you know, a college student during the final week where you're just doing graduation activities. That's right. And so what ended up happening is she, she was actually on the fence whether she had signed up to go to the, the graduation, but she was on the fence whether she was actually going to go and do it and whether she was going to walk, uh, walk across the stage. So uh, after I surprised her on the phone telling her what my plans were, and I said, well, just give that some thought, you know, if you were going to meet with some other friends, um, you know, think that through. And so then I uh, talked to her a couple hours later and she said, you know what, that, that would, that would work dad. You know, like I, I'm actually getting excited at the thought of you coming down. And so, uh, so I did, I, I got some, a very cheap airline flight and I packed in a little bag, <laughs> like I stuffed everything in there. Um, and so flew down, she picked me up and when she picked me up, uh, she had already, uh, I, like, I felt so loved. Uh, I got into the car and she handed me a little, I arrived early, like I left at uh, probably uh, five o'clock in the morning. 
and got down there. It was about uh, nine o'clock and she had a little satchel with a breakfast burrito in it. She's like here and she handed me some water. I was just like, wow. She's like, oh, I figured you didn't have breakfast. And so she fed me and she said, okay, let's, we can go for a hike or we can do something around here. So what we ended up doing is she said, well, let's go to the, the fisherman's wharf in Punta Gorda, Port Charlotte area. And I said, okay, you know, we'll go over to that. And as we were driving over, we just started talking. I And I was asking her like the, the internal eye was off of me. <laughs> it started to turn to her and, and I was asking, well, tell me how school is, is, is going and, and what's it like being in this teaching role? And so she was talking about that. She was talking about the challenges and um, some of the kids that she just loves and how that, that was, uh, how she was really enjoying it. As we pulled up to the Fisherman's Wharf, uh, it was hot, which I was very much enjoying here that it's December and it was, you know, 84 degrees out at the time um, down there in Florida. So we opened the car doors and just, you know, we thought we'd finished our conversation before we walked into the, the Fisherman's Wharf. We sat there for two hours <laughs> and we were just so enjoying going back and forth talking about um, her job. And then she was asking me like, well, what's going on with strong Catholic dad? What's going on with the podcast? And so I was sharing with her, um, about our interactions and how, um, I had said, I, I was like, you know what? I'm really enjoying being with John Andrew. I, it's like when we're doing the podcast, there are times that, that you're, you're saying something. I'm just like, wow, what's he going to say next? Like, cause you, you're really insightful. Um, and so I was sharing how I'm enjoying the dynamic between us and that there's something beyond this, uh, that has to do with the fact that you're my son and I'm your father and how um, I love enjoying this time together with you. Um, and so in the similar way, as I was listening to Madeline talk about her teaching, I could, it was ringing true with the same thing, things that, uh, that Maria, my wife had said when my wife had taught years ago for Head Start and how uh, Madeline said this really funny thing. She said, you know, like, I love the bad kids. <laughs> like, I love to try to win them over and I'll be really creative with them and I'll be funny and I'll draw little pictures for them. And, uh, and they come around and I just, I so enjoy how that happens. And I, I said, that's, that's like your mom. Your mom would like key in on, on the bad ones that were, that were problematic. And she would, uh, and she would get them, she would love them, and then they would just blossom. So I was delighting in uh, Madeline's gifts. I was delighting in her ability to, and I, and I was totally enjoying it that she talked about she'd go up to the blackboard and she would draw pictures for Thanksgiving. And the kids are like, what's, what's it going to be? What, what are you drawing up there? That, that looks like a cup. No, it's, it looks like an apple. No, it's a pumpkin. And like, oh yeah, it's a pumpkin. So they're all excited. And she, she has great artistic talent. And so then when she would step back from the board and the other teacher would take over the kids are like, don't erase the board, leave that on the board. And so and I could tell that she was delighted with their response to her. And it was just really using her gifts. And we were talking about her gifts, her, her ability to really reach in and her storytelling ability, her artistic ability. Um, but not only were we talking about them, I was relishing in them. I was like, my eye was focused on that. And I see those too, like she is really um, talented. And so there was a way in which... Um, the gaze. I was like, I was like, I felt like it was a gift that God gave me the gift in that moment to really gaze upon Madeline and to behold her and to uh, to love her just through attention. And so we, um, after sitting there for two hours, we finally went in uh, and walked around the wharf, which is a great fisherman's wharf if you get down to that Punta Gorda area. It was uh, had a nice Christmas Christmas theme, and so we walked around, and did that, and we had lunch out at the very end. Uh, of the pier and there were 
I mean, it was just, it was, it was uh, perfect. There were dolphins surfacing <laughs> right in the water uh, out from us. And so uh, we, we just, we enjoyed being with each other and I was trying and I wanted, I know she likes um, interesting food. So it's, so she was able to, you know, pick something that was out of the, the ordinary as the weekend went on. Uh, we came to the moment where we were at the graduation. I was sitting in the, in the stadium and, and, and I was taking pictures and I was, um, I couldn't send them back because Ave Maria is in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) So it's not great cell service, at least for T-Mobile. Um, so what ended up happening is uh, like, I took pictures, but I had to wait till after. But as I was sitting there, just like, I had this really, you know, this sense, I mean, just like sat just for a moment, think about, uh, about the the situation where like I'm in the stands and I am looking upon my daughter and she knows that I'm in the stands and she knows that I'm there to see her, to behold her. And so um, I took her picture and I called out her name. And then when they said her name and, and talked about, you know, that she had graduated summa cum laude and it's like summa summit, I think that's bigger than magna. So it's like, uh, it's a cum laude with honors and then magna, it's like, it's bigger than summa. Okay, that's the top. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's great. She had her cord on. Um, and so I cheered and some uh, friends around me uh, cheered as well. And she came across, you know, big smile on her face. Um, and it was just there is something so powerful. It's one thing to say, hey, congratulations, but to physically be present, to physically be there with her and to see her walk uh, across the stage at the, you know, the other side of the field and then uh, come back around. And after, uh, when the whole thing was done and we were standing on the football field and taking pictures with friends, um, I just had this overwhelming sense of gratitude. Like, thank you, Lord, that I was able to be here and be with her. Thank you, Lord, that she was able to, you know, to walk across the stage and to have this moment uh, and, and so she said, you know, dad, what'd you think? And I just said, uh, like, I was almost like, I didn't, I was <laughs> lost of words. Like, what, what do I say? And I, um, because I just, I felt this joy and I just said, you know, like Madeline, this was so good. Like, you know, like you've already moved on seven, seven months ago, you graduated and you you've already got another a job and you're, and you're working, but like, this was just really good. And she, uh, and she kind of looked inside of her eye and gave me a smile. Um, and so as the, the, the rest of the weekend, we were able to do some things together. We, we ate out. Um, and it just a little funny thing about Madeline is, is that she's not as good with directions. And so when I came down, I was like, I, f- I feel comfortable. I was like, if you, you know, it's your car, but you know, I don't mind driving. And she's like, Oh, that's great. Cause I'm just, she could be looking at her phone and be navigating and I could be, um, the driver. So, uh, so I did, I, I did a lot of the uh, driving over the weekend. And on Sunday, when it was time to fly out, uh, we went to Five Guys, got a burger, and ended up uh, just waiting in the cell phone parking lot, eating our burger and talking together. And then she got really quiet. Um, and uh, I looked over and I could see there were tears in her eyes. And, and I said, well, what's going on, sweetheart? And she just said, Dad, um, like I really felt uh, like loved and cared for this weekend. Like, thank you so much for coming down. I like, I questioned whether or not I was going to go and, and walk and actually going through the graduation ceremony. Like, like I realized how important it really was. And so I'm grateful to do that, but to have you here with me and um, like, and you paid for, you know, for us to eat and you, you drove and I just like, really thank you. And my heart was melting at that moment. <laughs> we, we hugged and like, I just wanted to hold on because this was 
uh, there's more that was going on than just, you know, father, daughter. There was also father, you know, little girl that was going on there. It's somebody who, who all of us want to be beheld. We want to be loved. We want to be cherished. And, uh, and, and it was, it was, this is going to sound lame, but it was like a love fest where not only was she enjoy, enjoying being cherished, like I was, I was enjoying cherishing her. Like it was really good. And I had taken lots of pictures and then I sent them out to the family. Um, and so it, so it was like in the Holy Trinity, you've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that they're um, in an eternal exchange of love. And I was like, that's what, like, it felt so good. So it was an incredible weekend. And when I got home, my, um, my wife said to me, she's like, okay, I got to tell you, I'm jealous. <laughs> like, I would have loved to have been there. I mean, it didn't work out because there was another obligation that she, that she had. And she said, but I thought about it. And I remembered how many times uh, her, Madeline's birthday is at the end of June. How many times in June you were gone out speaking? You were, you were speaking. So you missed her birthday and we made out up for it. You know, we'd have a celebration after, um, but it was not the same. And Madeline noticed, she's like, dad is never here for my birthday. And she said, you know, I think it was good that you went down by yourself and you were able to spend that time with her and just really let her know she's important. And, uh, and I said, wow, you know, thank you. I said, like on my behalf, um, like it was amazing and I was so glad to be there. And I was delighted that she was delighted in being cherished. And something that you said earlier that I think is part of what made all of this work so well is that you, you loved her competently. Mm. You reached out first and said, I want to go down there because I want to, to love you in this way. But do you want to be loved in this way? Would you feel loved if I if I came and came down and, and was there for your graduation? And I think that someone like Madeline, her love language is quality time. She she loves to to have someone take the time for her, you know. Um, and I think that there may have been other other kids where it would have been like, you know what? Honestly, that this isn't. If you send me a thoughtful card, it's going to matter way more than you coming and spending the weekend with me. So the fact that you went out of your way to say, you know what? I want to love her in the best way possible, and I, and I think this is the way to do it, but I'm going to check with her. I think that's also a beautiful reflection of your relationship that you were in tune with the way that she wanted to be appreciated. Yes. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I would say that one of the things that, as I thought about it after, um, the, uh, and I had talked to my counselor, and I, I, I was effusing on how good the weekend was, and and again, I'm thinking back to the past where I wasn't as present. And, and it's like, it's, it's still like a sword in my heart that I can't go back and hug four-year-old Madeline. I can't go back to six-year-old Madeline and pay attention the way that I want to. Like, I can't do that. Um, and there's an expression that says, as the twig is bent, so grows the branch. And as a branch grows, it begins to harden in, you know, in a certain direction. And it's like, you can break it to change the direction, but you're going to have to break it. And that you don't want to do that. So, uh, what my, uh, what my counselor said that I thought, gosh, this is really helpful. He said, you know, when your children were younger, there was a lot of peripheral good that they got, you know, like just that they were in your presence and you were in their presence. And, um, and, and so that's good, but that's different, uh, than, 
an intentional good where you're really focusing in on them and seeing them for, for who they are and delighting in them. And I said, yes, <laughs> like again, too often. So there was good as that light in my, in my head was, you know, looking around, there were times I was looking at them and times that I was seeing them, but too often it was turned inward. Um, so, uh, I, I felt like that that was a, that was helpful. Uh, and I wanted to share that with other dads and moms. It, it's just like, so it was good. There was a lot of good that happened, but there was, there was greater good that could have been happening if I had known better. And that's one of the big things that we want to do in this podcast is to say, sure, um, there's a lot of things that you're doing right. Great. Keep doing the things that you're doing right. But a lot of the things that you're not doing, it's because you don't know better. And so it's like, can I tell you now some of the things that I wish I had known 20 years ago and I had gotten that in turn, what is it, Saruman or what's the name of the, the guy with the light? Sauron. Sauron. <laughs> and like get the, the, the eye focused on um, on those people where it should be that, that I could love them as well, of course, with, with God so that I can, I can see him and see that he's taking care of me and he will fill in for all the areas where, where I've made a mistake. Um, but, the, but, you know, the upshot of that is that um, taking the time to intentionally love, intentionally pay attention to your kids, um, that, can, that can help a lot. Um, uh, so I'll take it one more step. Um, one of the things that was really helpful and painful is to then uh, not just change me, but to, to come to uh, my kids, my older ones, and, and tell them uh, what, basically own up to what I did and to be able to say, and I know I had a conversation with Madeline where I said, you know what, like I did not cherish you the way that you deserved. Um, and I had to have the same conversation with, with Gabrielle and just say like, I did not focus in on loving you the way that you needed to be. And, and I remember Gabrielle saying, Oh dad, no, you did fine. I said, that's the problem <laughs> is that you think that that was fine and it's not, <laughs> it was wrong. Um, and so, but it feels comfortable to you. And so like at the time I said, I'm afraid that I've created this pathway in you that you think it's okay to not be cherished, um, at this deep level. Cause that's what you were taught. And that totally needs to change. And so I, and I told Gabrielle and, and goes for Madeline as well. It's like when you start dating, you may be comfortable with somebody who's not cherishing you because that's what you're used to. And that like, and so like, can I just, you know, like when you're dating and stuff, I don't want to be overly involved, be a helicopter parent, but just be checking in with you and talking about like, how is this person um, treating you? And are they really cherishing you because that's what you deserve and you know what like i really need your forgiveness like i am sorry and this has wounded you and i when i had the conversation with uh actually with gabrielle and madeline like you know i was in i ended up in tears because it's like it's so difficult to see that see those ways in which i had hurt them and that it was affecting them today uh, but it's also necessary for them to realize that, that was not okay and you know and for them to forgive me not only for me but for them so that they that they're able to to know that they're free from um, from holding on to it in some way, even if it's subconscious, it's like, okay, you know, like I, I need to forgive my dad. I need to know that that's not okay. And then there's opportunity for it to change. And, and it starts with that, that act of forgiveness or that, that act of apologizing and mm -hmm. asking for forgiveness. Because I think that if you realize you've, you've wronged somebody in the way that you've been treating them and you change the way that you treat them, it's not obvious to them. There's no point of demarcation. Like, hey, I've now noticed this and now I'm making a difference. It, 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 
it's, it's kind of like with confession. When you've sinned, the first thing you do, do is you go and repent, and then you resolve to sin no more and avoid the near occasion of sin. I think when, you, when you've wounded a relationship, letting the person know, I recognize this and I'm going to attempt to do better. I'm going to try my best to do better. Then you're also in a sense like setting that up to them up to be able to see mm-hmm. the better that you're doing, to be able to see mm-hmm. the difference because you've drawn attention to it. And I think that's a, a great place to start. Yes. And I, and that's actually was really, um, was good and painful when I apologized to Madeline, uh, after she thought about what I said and then, um, actually it was maybe during Christmas. And then she came back during the summer and, and we had further conversation and she said, you know, I've, I actually have thought a lot about that and I appreciate that you apologized, but there's more to this. Like I need to, I need to tell you how that's affected me because I've become more aware as I've thought about it as to the ways that it's affected me. And, um, and so she started to, and I said, okay, you know, I, I'm up for that. And it was hard. <laughs> it was um, because there were things that I was, because she said, I think that there's things that you're still missing. I was like, oh, okay. Um, and so for her to then talk through with me um, the ways that it impacted her um, and then uh, to like internalize that, I, I said, you know what, like after you're telling me like, I need to sit with this for a while. Like I, I need to let this sink in even further because you know it was kind of easy to say, oh, I got to this intellectual understanding and here it is and I'm sorry, let's move on. And then she's like, I'm not ready to move on yet. Um, and so that was a further, and, and so she pointed out ways in which I was still not really paying attention to her and I wasn't listening um, in some ways that I was disrespecting her. And she said like, right, you know, right here when you're like, you're, you're quick to tell me that I'm wrong with this and not really listen uh, and understand before you're already ma- making your judgment. And so, um, so it turned into something where like we had more work to do and, you know, and I was thinking, okay, I'm done, you know, moved on. Okay. We've, um, but like, I had to like, no, I had to go back. There was, there was more pus in the wound that I needed to clean out. And, and, and I was all causing, you know, continuing problems. And so after that, and again, it took some time, it took weeks as I was, you know, thinking that through and we talked a little bit more, but then I was realizing, wow, um, like what a gift that my daughter could actually feel comfortable enough to speak that to me. What a gift to her other siblings when she pointed out more things that I was doing that I wasn't realizing that, you know, my internal eye was back on me again, um, that I can, I can look at and say, okay, well, how can I change this with Maria, with the other kids? So it's painful. It's, it's hard to see where I'm off, but then what better time now? Like, (laughs) because there is, in some ways, now that I'm saying this, that second conversation where uh, she was courageous enough to talk through more what that meant and then point out ways that I was um, still missing the boat really set the stage for last weekend where uh, we were able to to uh, to really enjoy and behold each other that conversation that experience far more. So I would say it's never too late, you know, to uh, love your child and behold your child, 
even if they're rejecting it. Um, like you look to see, well, how can I competently love them? And the competent love at some points is just to pull back and like, you need to not be in their presence right now. Um, but <clears throat> to know that like, it is never too late to love, just like it's never too late to be loved by God. It's never too late to love your child in a way that they deserve. And the reality is if they fight back, if they lash out at you, you probably deserve it. Um, and then secondly, uh, what they're doing when they're lashing out is they're testing you. They're saying, do you really love me? What if I become a pill now? What if I'm kind of a jerk now? What if I reach, you know, I respond to you irrationally or in a, in a mean way? Do you still love me? Do you still love me? And so they're testing us. And at that point, it's like, I have to say, yeah, I, I love you. I don't like the way you're treating me right now, but like I am choosing to stay here. And God does the same thing with us. <laughs> God will throw it. It says in the Bible, it talks about testing, that he, con- like he tests our heart to see wh- how we're going to respond. And so difficult things happen in our life. And he says, do you still love me? Are you still going to hang around? And then and when we say, yes, Lord, I love you no matter what happens, then we become more and more like him because he's loving us no matter what happens, as long as we just have to turn back to him. That's all we have time for today. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and encourage your friends and family to do the same. If you want to support the work of Strong Catholic Dad, you can become a monthly sponsor for as little as $5 a month. I quit my job back in 2018 uh, to found Strong Catholic Dad, and as of right now, it's not enough to pay the bills. So anything that you can do is appreciated. Until next time, be strong in faith, strong in hope, and strong in love. God bless.